Welcome to the Nourish, Eat, Repeat podcast, helping people who want to improve their health and change their mindset around food so they can live the life they were designed and called for. I am your host, Adrienne Delgado, and in this podcast, you will get practical nutrition and health tips for both you and your entire family. I am a registered dietitian. I'll give you step-by-step plans to reach your goals, easy tips to stay motivated, and my favorite recipes that I know you will enjoy too. Nutrition and health doesn't have to be boring or grueling. Let's enjoy the journey while we strive to reach the destination together. So grab your water bottle and notebook because it's time to get started. Welcome back to another episode. I'm so happy to be here today because we are going to do some mindset work. I have a ton of clients who will come to me and initially they'll come to me for help with nutrition or lack of energy or they want help with weight loss or a specific medical condition. And then they start to realize, okay, once I have the education, I know what to do, where I get tripped up is in the execution, the how. And they quickly realize that there needs to be a shift in their mindset and how they look at things and how they create habits if they want long-term success. And so part of this nutrition journey is education and it's informing you of what are your best options in different situations. But I would say probably 80% of the work is doing the mindset shifts and the psychology around eating. And so I'm so excited because we're going to jump right into that. It's the first episode of 2021. Sound the trumpets, get excited, get your notebook out. We are going to jump right in. So a lot of you may not know this, but I absolutely hate the Myers-Briggs test. This is the test that tells you what your tendencies are. If you are an introvert or an extrovert, uh, sensing versus intuition, thinking versus feeling, judgment versus perception. And so you take this long test and it spits out these uh, letters for you and it tells you your personality type. And I hate it. I hate everything about it because I think people hide behind their letters. I remember talking to somebody and they were like, oh, I could never do that because I'm an INFJ. Or I could never do that because I'm an introvert. And I thought, well, it may not be your natural tendency, but that doesn't mean you can't do it. And I find when you start to put labels on people, they start to believe that they're true. Like, I can't talk in public because I'm an introvert. Well, you may not like talking in public, but that doesn't mean you can't. And so for the longest time, I have been so against all of those personality type pigeonhole, like you can only do whatever your letters tell you you can do. I am also emphatic and you may have heard this from a previous episode, I am emphatic about telling parents, do not ever, ever call your child a picky eater. Because you know what will happen? 
it will become a self-fulfilling prophecy. They will become a picky eater. If you tell a child, oh, he doesn't like that, or I shouldn't say you tell a child, but if you're talking to somebody else about your child, oh, he would never try that because he's a picky eater, and that child hears that, guess what? That's going to become his inner voice. And he's never going to try things because he has it in his head that people who are picky eaters don't try new things. Therefore, since I am a picky eater, I will not try it either. And so I hate labels. I absolutely hate them because I think it keeps people small. Yes, I am on board with that is their natural tendency. I am a full-fledged introvert. If you put me into a room with a lot of people in a meet and greet situation, I want to go fetal. I want to stand in the corner and I want to blend in and I want to wait until somebody approaches me. I get very flustered. I get very anxious. I just, I can't think of anything logical or educated to say. My default is the weather. Every single time my mind goes to, Uh, it's a nice day today. Oh, it's raining today. And I battle with myself like, what is your problem? Stop talking about the weather. Nobody cares about the weather. But that doesn't mean I can't go into that situation and still be successful. It just means I have to work a little bit harder. But where I think people get tripped up is they hear a label about themselves They internalize it, they believe it, and then therefore every decision they make moving forward is based on that label. You start to hide hide behind it. And what's really interesting is the brain is going to believe anything you repeat. So if you tell yourself that you're a picky eater over and over and over again, your brain is going to look for ways and reasons to support why you're a picky eater. It's the same thing for those clients that tell me, oh, I'm addicted to sugar. Oh, yeah, I'm just never going to be successful because I'm addicted to sugar. The more you repeat it, the more you believe it, the more your brain is going to look for circumstances and evidence to support that claim. Anytime you overeat on Halloween candy, well, see, of course, because I'm addicted to sugar. Even though you just had a piece of candy, you had one piece of candy, it has nothing to do with a sugar addiction, but if you repeat it over and over again, you will look for ways to validate. And so today we are going to talk about be careful. Be careful what thoughts are coming into your head, what thoughts are repetitive, what you say out loud to yourself, what you repeat to yourself, because what you say out loud takes root, good or bad. We have to be really careful and selective with our thoughts and be able to identify when they are not serving us well if we want to be successful with our health goals. So I want to give you an example. For the longest time, I have called myself a volume eater. I am a volume eater. I just like to eat a lot of food. And so I thought that it was my job to only eat low calorie foods because if I am a volume eater and if I want to stay 
you know, within a certain weight range, I always give myself five, six pounds to bounce between. Um, if I want to stay in a certain weight range for my health and for my exercise, then I have to only eat low calorie foods because I'm a volume eater because I'm going to overeat. And that's the only way it makes sense. I mean, really, that's what it comes down to, guys. It's either what you're eating or how much you're eating. I knew that what I was eating was good, but my volume had to be kept in check. And I liked a full stomach. And I told myself that for years. And it wasn't until a couple weeks ago that I was having an appointment with a client that I had this major aha moment. And so this client, we happened to have a discussion about fullness and stuffed and sick and satiated and satisfied and defining all those words. We're actually going to do a podcast about that in the next week or two. But we started having this conversation and I was talking about the difference between feeling satisfied and full. And the client right away said, oh, I do not like feeling full. I do not like the way that feels. And in my head, immediately I was like, huh, well, I don't know about you, but I like it. Like I actually had that thought pop into my head right away. She's like, oh, I hate feeling full. And I was like, what's wrong with you? I like that feeling. And so then she started to go into why she didn't like it. She said, I don't like that, that feeling of fullness the night after I ate the food. I just don't like the way it sits and it feels heavy in my stomach. And I started thinking, hmm, yeah, I don't really like that feeling either. And then she continued, and I really don't like the way I feel the next morning. I feel sluggish. I feel tired. I feel heavier. I feel like I don't want to make good choices because I overate the night before and I just don't feel my best. I don't feel energized. And I started thinking, huh, yeah, I noticed when I overeat at night, that's how I feel the next morning too. And I don't like that feeling. I especially don't like that feeling because I work out in the morning. And so if I'm feeling extra full or, or heavier in my stomach, it makes the exercise hard, especially if it's a running day. Yeah, I don't like that either. She's right. And then she finally said, and I really, really dislike all the guilt that comes along with overeating. I hate the mental anguish I put myself through because I didn't make a good choice. I don't like how I feel five minutes after I ate it. I don't like how I feel 25 minutes after I ate it because I'm still beating myself up over it. Huh. Yeah, I don't like that either. I don't like the way that feels. I don't like that I put myself down and like, oh, how could you mess this up? How could you screw this up? You should know better. Just because I'm a dietitian doesn't mean I don't have the same challenges. So let's just put that out there. And all of a sudden, I had this realization, maybe I don't like feeling full. All these years, I have told myself that It is just the hand you've been dealt. You are a volume eater. You will forever and ever have to control your portions because your tendency 
and your personality type means you have to overeat. For years, guys, for years, I thought that about myself. And all of a sudden, in that five-minute conversation I had with my client just a few weeks ago, I realized that doesn't have to be my thought anymore. I don't like feeling full. I don't like the way it makes me feel five minutes afterwards, 25 minutes afterwards, the next morning. And I don't like the mental part of it. I don't like beating myself up. I don't like feeling guilty or ashamed. I don't like any of it. But yet for so long, I told myself that was my story, that I believed it. I don't like feeling overly full. I don't. And so in that moment, I got to write a new script. I got to say, I am not a volume eater. For so long, I thought I was, but that actually is not me. And when I told myself, I'm not a volume eater anymore, then all of a sudden, I felt really empowered during my meals to stop when my body told me it's time to stop. No longer was it this mental battle, oh, well, you should stop now. Well, you know that's going to be hard because you're a volume eater. So what are you going to do? Well, I don't know. I really should stop, but I want to finish what I have on my plate because I, I, this is what I do. This is who I am. This is the cards I've been dealt. No, it's not. It is not. So now all of a sudden I have a meal and I'm eating it. And when my body tells me it's satisfied, or I can say, okay, I'm done. Because I'm not a volume eater. And here's the thing. you Whether you believe it, because <laughs> sometimes in the beginning we don't believe things. Or whether you do believe it. Like internally, in my heart of hearts, I fully became into awareness of what I was doing and how it was impacting my health. What was true in the past doesn't have to be true anymore. You get to decide. One time I had a client, he was in the military. I think he was in the Marines. And he told me, oh, I'm a fast eater. I'm a fast eater. So, you know, it's going to be really hard for me to be mindful and to slow down because I was in the Marines and we only had three minutes to eat our meals. And so you learn very quickly if you wanted a full meal, you had to eat as fast as you could because when time was up, you had to go to the next, you know, the next activity or, you know, the next post. I don't, I don't know what the right terminology is for that. And so all of a sudden I asked him this question. I'm like, how long has it been since you've been in the Marines? And he's like, 27 years. I'm like, don't you think it's time to find another excuse? You have been out of the Marines longer then you've been in the Marines. Like you had 27 years to make a new habit, but yet you continue to hide behind the habit of, well, this is just who I am and this is just how it has to be. So this is how it's going to be moving forward. Not true. Not true at all. Just because it was true in the past does not mean it has to be true anymore. You get to decide you get to decide how your story plays out. You get to decide what behaviors you want to keep and what behaviors you want to let go. 
Now, I'm not going to say it's going to be easy. Just because you make the decision to let a habit go doesn't mean it's just going to go away quickly or quietly. You're going to have to practice. There's that word practice again. You are good at what you practice. If you practice overeating, you're going to get really good at it. If you practice snacking after dinner at night, you're going to get really good at snacking after dinner every night. But if you want to practice listening to your fullness signals and honoring them, it'll be uncomfortable for the first three or four days because your body's going to be like, whoa, 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 what happened here? This is where we overeat. Are you sure you don't want to keep going? Wait, this is confusing. We haven't done this before. This doesn't feel comfortable. This doesn't feel normal. It doesn't feel, feel like our regular schedule. Are you sure you're not, you're not missing something here? You want to keep going? Yeah, you're going to have all of those thoughts pop up into your head when you do something new. But guys, don't be scared of hard. Everything is hard in the beginning when you do something new. When you first learn to drive, it was hard. My oldest is 15 and we started letting him, you know, back the car in the driveway or um, driving the truck up in our, in our field, in our yard, just to get close, you know, get more acclimated with the vehicle. Uh, We have a whole bunch of four wheelers, so he's used to driving around. But in the beginning, he's like, I I don't know what I'm doing. I'm like, that's okay. Relax, calm. It's okay. (laughs) It's hard in the beginning. There's a lot to remember. There's a lot of things to think about. You know, remember which foot goes on the, the brake. He always wants to put his left foot on the brake and his right on the gas, but that's normal. Everything is hard in the beginning, but you practice it over and over again, and it's not hard anymore. And it's the same thing with our eating habits. In the beginning, it's a little bit hard. Don't be scared of that. Eventually, with practice, you will get better. So I want to make this podcast really simple and really easy. Again, first podcast of 2021, let's get you a win. We're going to work on the mindset stuff. Here's your take-home action step. Do not use adjectives to describe your eating habits. Do not use adjectives to describe your eating habits. Therefore, do not say, I'm a volume eater. I'm a carbaholic. I'm a, a, or I'm a carb addict. I'm a, I'm a sugar addict. I am, oh goodness, I'm a picky eater. Don't use adjectives to describe your eating style or your eating habits. Oh, I'm a fast eater, so I'm never going to be able to conquer that. No, 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 no. I'm an eater who has, or I should say I'm an eater. I am a person who has practiced eating fast in the past, but I'm going to continue to work to slow that down. You're not a fast eater. You are a person first and foremost. Start with that. If you want to use an adjective, catch yourself and first start with, I am a person. Instead of, I am a picky eater. I am a fast eater. I am a volume eater. I am a a carb addict. I am a person who enjoys eating carbohydrates. There is a huge difference when you say things one way versus the other. Remember, your brain will believe 
anything you repeat. If you say it over and over again, your brain is going to define yourself as that is who you are. And when it comes to creating new health habits, we need to create new thoughts. One time I was listening, not listening, I guess it was reading an article, and it said to tell your patients to think of themselves, or your clients, whatever you want to call them, tell your clients to think of themselves as athletes. I am an athlete. Even if that person has never played a high school sport in their life or done any type of athletic endeavor, tell your clients to think of themselves as athletes. If you are an athlete, what would you do? Well, I know if I was a professional athlete, I would probably, you know, exercise daily. I would probably make sure I start my day off with a really good breakfast. I would make sure I go to bed on time because I know that rest and recovery is where, um, or I should say rest is where all the recovery happens. I would probably, you know, not watch as much TV. I would probably do more visualization. You know, if you were an athlete, what would you do? And maybe we don't even need to go into an athlete. Maybe we can bump it down a few notches. If I was, I want to be a mindful eater. All right. Instead of a volume eater, what if I told myself I am a mindful eater? Well, what does that look like? Well, a mindful eater, you know, first and foremost, sits down at their meals. They, they slow down their pace. They actually enjoy every bite. They listen to their hunger cues. They honor their fullness cues. They enjoy what they're doing. They don't eat something just because it's there. They don't take food into the living room and eat while watching TV. If you're going to use an adjective, make it a good one. I want to be an intentional eater. I want to be a mindful eater. Say that over and over and over again. Because then your brain will look for ways to support that. And when something is off... Your brain's going to be like, hey, something's not right here. And it may be the pause you need to pivot and make a different decision. So be very careful what adjectives you use to describe yourself. But if you want to change your habits, then you need to think like somebody who already does those habits. So to ask yourself, call yourself an athlete, call yourself a mindful eater and start doing the things that those people do. Ask yourself in the morning, how do I want to feel today? Do you want to feel successful? Do you want to feel proud? Do you want to feel empowered? Okay, well then what are the things that a successful person does? What are the things that a proud eater does? She listens to her body. She doesn't listen to the latest fad diet that's out there. Start thinking about who do you want to be what behaviors do you want to adopt? What behaviors do you want to let go? Who do you want to be moving forward in 2021? And be that person. All right, guys. I'm going to give you your recipe for the week. And it's actually not my personal recipe, but it's one that I stumbled across um, probably in September of last year and it is from the website notenoughcinnamon.com 
and it is an Asian ground turkey rice bowl. Now, if you are one of my clients, I have probably already passed this recipe on to you because it is delicious and it is one of my family favorites. Anytime that I can come across a recipe that all seven people in my family enjoy and eat all of and ask for more, I am passing that recipe on to you because I have some tough ones to please. And so this is a great recipe. Again, the Asian ground turkey rice bowl from the website, Not Enough Cinnamon. Um, This is just such a quick, easy win. It takes less than 20 minutes to pull together. Uh, If you are a meal prep person who likes to get, you know, their lunches ready for the week, this is a great recipe because it's good hot or cold. You can substitute cauliflower rice for the the regular rice. Um, You can use rice noodles. I've done that before. Now, when you look at the recipe, there's not a ton of ingredients. And when you make the sauce to kind of pull it all together, there's a couple ingredients that you may not be familiar with. Um, One of them is I used mirin for the uh, rice wine and I used the fish sauce. I remember when I first looked at the recipe, I'm like, fish sauce? I don't think I have that. And then I opened up my cabinet, and there it was. I'm like, well, how about that? I guess I'm supposed to make this. I can't tell you what year the fish sauce was from because I don't use it that often, but it tasted fine. Um, So I don't want you to be scared when you look at the ingredients because if you're thinking, oh, rice wine or fish sauce, um, uh, I don't know what those are. I'm not going to use them. Buy them anyway because I... I'm convinced you're going to make this recipe more than a couple times. So you might as well just invest in it. It's in the Asian section. They're in little bottles. In my grocery store, it's on the top shelf. And just buy the bottles of it because you're going to use them over and over again because your family's probably going to enjoy it as much as mine did. All right, guys, that's all I got for you today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please review the the episode, send me a review or write a review um, or share this podcast with others that also might find it to be helpful. Um, I just, I can't wait to share more information, to do more mindset work with you in this coming year, as well as give you some of those easy, practical wins so you can incorporate nutrition into your busy lifestyle too. All right, guys, have a great week. I'll see you next time. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Nourish, Eat, Repeat podcast. If you found this episode helpful, please rate, review, and share with others so we can reach and help more people. For more information about nutrition, how to work with a dietitian, or about any of our programs, visit our website at bodymetricspa.com. Or you can find us on socials. We're on Instagram at Bodymetrics Health or on Facebook at Bodymetrics Health and Wellness Services. The book, Nourish, Eat, Repeat, is available on our website and Amazon in both paperback and ebook versions. Once again, I'm Adrienne Delgado, and I'll see you next week.